Hi, this is Rich. And this is Kyle. Welcome to episode 86 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week it's Behind the Devil's Back by Fightstar. Let's get into it. Kyle, five minutes later. Still fine. Um, we've just had mm-hmm. our Mark Tremonti revelation, so some gossip off air. Uh, yeah, can't wait to see what he's what he's cooking tomorrow. up. Yeah, we'll talk about it next time, I guess. Um, <laughs> but yeah, otherwise fine. Like I said, day ahead is is mostly relaxing. Uh, just need to get sorted. But yeah, the weather's lovely, so we're going to make sure I get out in the sun while it sticks around. It is lovely, isn't it's it? It's mad. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what about you? How, how are you? I'm okay, thank you. Uh, did I tell you that we went to my friend's house last weekend? He's got a cinema room in his house. No, what? Yeah, we went. We went round. He's got like a. He's got a white wall with a projector, like that fills the whole wall. Christ. And then he's got a three-seater sofa that's probably only like six foot from the wall, so the the size of the wall is like you're in the cinema. Perfect. And then he's got speakers in the ceiling. Yeah. Going back, and then he's got uh, blackout curtains that velcro to the window frames. Oh my god! And uh, and then he's got just like a whole wall of DVDs and like he's got laser discs and VHSs and uh, Blu-rays and 4K and 3D and everything, and he's Fuck. just got all the players. And then you just choose what you want to do and oh, shit. Right. So you settled in and you watched Transformers: Dark Side of the Moon. <laughs> <laughs> I have actually seen three minutes of that film uh, because I went to see it at the cinema. Um, Probably because there's nothing out. else on. And they, um, when we went in, they were like, oh, just so you know, the aircon's broken, so it's a little bit warm. Um, so if you if it's too hot and you leave in the first 10 minutes, you can get your money back. And so we, we went in, and I guess it must have been opening night or something. It was so full that we were in the front row, Fuck. which I don't want to be anyway, no, but for a Michael never. Bay film, I definitely don't yeah. want to be. <laughs> and... We like got there, yeah. Literally two minutes in, I was just like, "Oh god, I'm gonna be sick. This is awful, yeah. and it's just gonna get worse." So we just left. <laughs> I mean, I don't blame you. Christ alive. Yeah. Not gone back for a second viewing. No, no. I actually, I think that was probably the last time I watched Transformers film. I haven't seen the Last Night or the, the whatever the dinosaur yeah. one was. <laughs> got the Age Mark of Wahlberg, Extinction. That's the one, yeah. Yeah, Christ alive. Uh, so what did you watch in home cinema? We watched the new Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters Afterlife. I've been meaning to watch it. Good? It was fun, yeah. Yeah. Pretty fun. I think it was like, we, we were wanting something that would show off the surround sound and the screen and everything. Yeah. It definitely did that. And yeah, it's like, it's fun. It's got like this fun nostalgia of, of original Ghostbusters, mm-hmm. but it's, uh, I don't know, yeah, it just, just felt really fun. All right, I liked it. I'll, I'll definitely need to get around to it. We, I meant to say, just a quick aside, me and Jess saw mm. The Batman. Have you seen The Batman yet? The Batman? No, we haven't seen it. Okay, no. then we can talk about that in the future. No intentions of seeing it. Oh, dun, dun, dun. No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Obviously, <laughs> I'm going to go see Batman. <laughs> I was excited. Some, I mean, it was filming next door to you. You might have already seen it. It's true, yeah. Uh, no, I haven't. Okay, sorry. I saw a... Uh, I don't know, I saw some of the vehicles like parked up and that's all I've seen. So good. You see old Colin walking yeah. around in, in full makeup. <laughs> Colin! No, no I didn't. I love you! <laughs> uh, Is he right. the penguin? 
He is a penguin, yeah. He's dressed as a penguin. Yeah. It's really weird. Just it's a penguin. Just doesn't make any, no, no, no. Just it just, yeah, it doesn't make any sense in the film. Wait till you see it. It's really strange. It's an okay. odd decision. Um, anyway, we're talking about Fightstar. You knew Fightstar. Tell me about Fightstar. Fightstar, um, Fightstar are a post-hardcore band from the UK. Uh, they're probably more, probably better known as being the band that Charlie Simpson formed after leaving Busted. Yep. Um, and therefore, I think they've always had this sort of stigma attached to them. Mm-hmm. Um, because, you know, Busted were a very poppy, pop boy band, sort of. <laughs> yep. pop, I don't even know what you call them, pop punk? I mean, yeah, no, pop not, rock? not really. They, they feel like one of those manufactured rock yeah, bands, I mean, don't they? Yeah. Like, like pop rock where, that's made for the yeah. charts, written by, you know, like 50-year-old men who yeah. Yeah, know what sells. Um, and I know that, you know, when they were first writing music as Fightstar, they, you know, their first gigs and stuff, they, they had a lot of, like backlash and, yeah. and things like that just and they prevailed through and you know became I don't know I mean they were mildly successful I would say yeah I don't think they were I was always a fan of them so I think in my head they were always bigger than they actually were okay because I I had all their albums and I, I knew everything but I, I think they were probably not like they were probably just like doing fine as a band sort yeah of thing. so they they formed in 2003 after Busted uh, broke up um, and basically they put together an EP called They Liked You Better When That You Were Dead and then they had Grand Unification which is their debut album 2006 I think uh, they worked with Colin Richardson on that um, who what we talked about a lot on this podcast then they did their second album One Day Son This Will All Be Yours um, then they did like a B-Sides album and another album called Be Human uh, and then they went on hiatus in 2010, where the bassist Dan and the other guitarist Alex, they formed a side project called Gunship, which was like a synth pop band. Mm-hmm. Um, and Charlie did some like acoustic solo work. I'd forgotten about that. Entirely forgotten that that, that happened. Yeah. Uh, and then they came back together uh, 2014, I think. And then this album came out 2015. And then again... After that, Charlie's rejoined Busted, and the band has done nothing since then. Yeah, because, I mean, a, a Busted now touring, making new albums? Well, I, I remember it being like a Busted and McFly are going on tour. Yeah, Muk, Muk Busted was a thing for a while, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, but I, I I thought that was without Charlie. Maybe I'm wrong. Muk Busted was without Charlie. Okay, and then Busted... That's when, that was around this phase. Oh, okay, and then Full and Busted then, And back. then it was just Busted, and then... Uh, and then he was like, yeah, I'll do that. However, seems like Busted went on hiatus um, the beginning of 2020, which, I mean, was that their choice or was that COVID's choice? Who knows? Yeah. Um, but it looks like one of the other guys has done a solo project since then. Oh, and Charlie Simpson released a solo single this year. Oh. Didn't know that. Um, so, I don't know. There's always sort of, whenever Busted sort of, goes down there's always hope from Fightstar yeah. fans that that means Fightstar's coming back up but yeah. who knows really who knows um, so yes this is their fourth and potentially final album released the 16th of October 2015 it got to number 19 in the UK charts Not which bad. is pretty good mm. uh, Faithless was number one at the time um, and it didn't seem to chart in America I don't think they necessarily had like cracked the American transatlantic market. yeah yeah which is fine. Uh, this is their highest charting album of theirs okay. um, in total. Um, probably because it was a 
sort of comeback album almost. Yeah. Yeah, it'd been a few years and and things like that. Um, I couldn't see any sales figures for them as a band anywhere mm, no. at all. Could you? No, no, I saw that it like, you know, that it wasn't, like you say, a, a particularly, I guess, lucrative band, in, certainly in terms of yeah. Charlie being from Busted. Like, I don't think... Yeah. I don't think this was like, oh, I, I you know, I'm making just as much money, I guess, as, as, as Busted. Yeah. So I don't suppose the sales are, are anything... It's not like his Busted fame transferred into millions of record sales, I don't think. No, no, not at all. I think they were always quite critically praised yeah. as a band but I don't think it it necessarily garnered them like sort of stadium worthy tours and yeah. things like that I mean the last time I saw them I think it was Brixton maybe mm-hmm. um, and that was at like a 10 year anniversary of their debut album yeah. sort of show so that was quite a big show because it was like a special one mm. and I don't know Brixton's what one and a half thousand yeah, people I think maybe so. yeah yeah so I mean, I mean, I'm not dissing on Brixton. Playing Brixton's a big thing. Pretty but good. I think that's probably like the biggest venue that they would play. Probably. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I was going to say, like, you obviously knew this album, and I was going to say if you've seen them live, and you've just answered that. Have you seen them live more than once? Yes, I saw them. First time I saw them, they were supporting Feeder um, at like a students' union sort of gig. Right. So that was the first time I saw them, uh, and then I've seen them at Reading once or twice, mm-hmm. and then. I've seen them like doing a headline show at Brixton. Yeah, so four times. Okay, because I only times. I saw that the tour for this they was they had some support from Arcane Roots. I was wondering if I know I was going to bring that up. Secretly yeah. seen them without knowing. No, I I didn't I didn't see them on this tour. I, I did see them around. Well, yeah, the Brixton was, show was before this, right? Because it was twenty fourteen yeah. or twenty thirteen or whatever. So yeah, you know, ten was, years. Oh, so maybe it wasn't ten years because I think so. I saw them. This is a really boring story, but I saw them probably like three days after my birthday, so it would have been February. Okay. And based on who I went with, I think I was living... I don't think Bex was in Brighton at that point, so I think I was living on the seafront with my old housemates. So it would have been basically the, the like two months after the Christmas we were at HMV, which... Oh, shit. I just moved... So that would have been early 2015, so that would have been previous to... The, like, just before this album came out. Yeah. Okay. So then they would have gone on tour like several months later for yeah. the album, I guess. Yeah, and that um, would be Arcane Roots post Blood and Chemistry. It might be even post the album afterwards that I didn't really like. So it might have been well, there you go. weird Arcane Roots, lots of. Piano. Oh no, wasn't that 2017 that album? Oh, Melancholy. Yeah. Oh, maybe this was the Heaven and Earth EP. So maybe yes, they were maybe, still yeah. not quite into the soft piano rock that I <laughs> hated so. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so that's uh, that's generally my background with them. And I was I was always I think Charlie was like sort of I mean I had a lot of Fight Star posters as a teenager. Mm-hmm. Um, he's I guess he's sort of like my musical man crush sort of yeah guy. I don't know why. Why not? He's a handsome fella. <laughs> he is. You loved Busted, so it makes sense. <laughs> I mean, I preferred Busted to McFly, that's for sure. But I thought you were going to say to Fight Star. I loved Busted to Fight Star. <laughs> not quite. Not quite. Um, so you knew nothing about Fightstar? No, I remember them. I obviously remember the Kerrang days. That's the guy from Busted. He's made a band, a rock band. But yeah. I wasn't in the camp of like, fuck him, he was in Busted. I'm not going to listen. Yeah. I remember the the first, is it, I can never say 
his Chuck's last name is it Palaniuk? Palanuk. 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 I remember that yeah. the video of them like being like knee deep in water and it's really rainy. Yeah. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that being like a cool song, but I never like mm-hmm. followed it up. But I also wasn't in the camp of like I'm never gonna listen to Fightstar because he was in Busted. I thought it was like I remember thinking the opposite. I remember thinking, oh, that's cool. Like it's cool that he's secretly like yeah. a metalhead and he's just been in the shit band, but his like own his songwriting sensibility is more in tune with the stuff I love um, yeah. but I just never bothered to follow up and listen to them well, that was actually the first song I heard by them Palanuk's yeah. Laughter um, it was on like a Koran compilation mm. um, and uh, in hindsight it's no wonder I was a big fan of them because their their main influences are Deftones and like instrumental post-rock sort yeah. of stuff which is like those are my two favourite things so yeah. of course I liked Fight Star yeah. at the time yeah makes so much sense but I just didn't know that at the time no Um, and this album sort of does a lot of things that their previous albums didn't I think because of their you know it it had been six six years since their previous album and they'd all done other things Mm -hmm. I think coming back as a band this album allowed them to try new things and push things further than they had done before which which is quite interesting I saw that it was the first time they'd used synths and things which listening to this album you'd be like well that's a huge part of their yeah, sound I was going to ask so and we it, can talk about yeah. that as we go so their first two were like very post-hardcore straight up yeah and they had that sort of um, post-rock sort of side they always had a bit of piano in there sometimes but that was about it and then the third album Be Human was like every song was like orchestra and choirs okay and had this like epic sort of almost muse sort of um feel which again is is weird that they didn't then transcend that size Mm. because they wrote an album that had that size to it yeah but then that seems to have disappeared and been replaced with like 80s synth stuff which i guess is alex and dan's influence from their side project yeah cheaper to do as well very much true (laughs) yeah good point um and it's also probably i'd say this is probably their heaviest album oh okay Okay, because I saw yeah. that they'd started using seven strings, so I presumed that meant they did. At least it'd gone a bit heavier. But I mean, they they always had like one or two songs which were quite screamy per album. Okay, but this has got quite a lot of that. It certainly does. Um, yeah, and generally they would uh, live any like they've got a song called Death Car, which is like one of their big songs from the second album. And it's it's so it's probably like one of their heaviest songs. Okay. And every time they play that live, um, Charlie's brother comes on stage to play guitar for them to to take his guitar part, and then that means Charlie can just focus on screaming and just being like absolutely mad for four minutes. I see. So is he is yeah. he like his guitar tech or something, or does he just always have to be um, free when they're doing a gig? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Um, he well he was in a band called Brigade, who were like just another band oh. I think their defining feature was that oh it's the brother from Charlie Simpson <laughs> you know yeah. um, I remember having their EP because it came free with Rock Sound one week okay um, but I don't think they were much okay. of a band but yeah I know that he uh, he plays for them sometimes alright well that's cool um, so hmm. I guess should we do a personnel and a, and a song track and get probably in probably should yeah yeah go for it okay so on the album you have 
Charlie Simpson, no surprise. Uh, vocals, guitars, keyboards. Alex Westaway, vocals, guitars, synthesizers. Is it Dan Hay? Dan High? How do you say this? Yeah, I've Hay? been saying Hay. Yeah. Or Haig, maybe, but maybe, probably Hay. Yeah. Bass guitar, synthesizers. Uh, and Omar Abidi, I guess. That's same, that sounds right to me. Or yeah. Abidi. Uh, drums and percussion. He certainly is on those drums, isn't he? he sure, um, he is. Okay. Track listing for this album is... We've got Sharp Tongue. Murder All Over, Behind the Devil's Back, The Blackest of Birds, Overdrive, More Human Than Human, Animal, Titan, Sink With The Snakes, and Dive. Ten songs, 35 minutes. Lovely. Nice, easy stuff. Just what you need sometimes. Yeah. Okay, so your first ever introduction to Fightstar yep. is Sharp Tongue. Take it away. So, it, I mean, we may as well say it starts with, like you say, the, the idea of, I'd say maybe a sort of at least 50% of this album starts with like synth fading yeah. soundscape stuff. So the idea that they'd never mm-hmm. done that before is, like you say, quite confusing to someone who's never listened to them. Yeah. But then you get the, another huge part of the album, which I love, is the that sort of arcane roots, quite angular, down, 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 like that sort of deal with lots of, uh, yeah. Omar is absolutely fucking amazing on the drums. Is he? He's so good. Like, yeah, God, he, it's not like too technical, but he's just re- he just knows exactly when to be flashy and and when to like accent and when to play through, mm-hmm. and it's fucking wonderful to listen to. But then, you know, in, again, in sort of I guess arcane roots fashion, it just goes hup, and then you're in this like really lovely clean verse that I, I don't know if this yeah. is a bad comparison but quite a bit of a bit of the clean stuff on this album gives me like a really the fray feel like it has like a really okay. like quite picked you know just like really nice melody with like quite clean shimmery uh, open guitar stuff um mm-hmm. and i really really like charlie's voice yeah uh and it's cool and then you drop into the most Deftones sounding non-Deftones part of all time which is the pre-chorus and I have to clear this up is that Alex singing because it doesn't sound anything like Charlie if it's Charlie yeah that's that's Alex so they do trade off because I think what the next song maybe it's just Alex sings the whole verse and I I guess I was yeah I I thought it was a Charlie project I didn't realise they had two singers have they always done that yeah there's it's generally Charlie doing the main vocals and then there will be like the odd song that is just Alex yeah and then there'll be songs where both of them are doing the chorus or like one will do chorus, one will do verse. But Got you. Charlie would say, I guess you'd say he does like know, 75% maybe. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. But yeah, I really, really like Charlie's voice. And then the chorus is uh, yeah. huge, which I guess I thought I was a guy from Busted. You know what I mean? I guess he knows yeah. how to write a good big chorus and this album's full of them. And this is well, one of them. Do you them. think Busted wrote their own music? Well, that's the other thing as well. I saw, so <laughs> when I was looking up like The Split... It was like yeah. Charlie said, like he he couldn't express himself musically in Busted, which made me think that like right. he had some say in it, but they weren't listening. But I guess you're right because he was just he wanted to add an extra yeah. string to his <laughs> yeah, guitar. Yeah, exactly. Because he was like, guys, what about this? <laughs> but yeah, but I guess in my head, like you say, I always thought Busted were manufactured to the like his songs play these chords on your guitar, and and like we'll tell you exactly what to do. So yeah. maybe they did have a bit more say than I thought, but obviously not enough because he wanted to do this and Busted definitely didn't do this. Yeah. But what what about you? How do you do you like the song? Yeah, I mean it's it's a great opener, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It it does definitely do all the things that uh, aside from having the synth, which is new, it sort of does all the things that you expect from Fightstar by this point. Yeah. That they they really play with that, you know, the Nirvana Pixies thing of clean, soft, quiet verse, and then, yeah 
really thick chorus. Uh, I yeah, I've never actually thought of their riffs as sort of arcane rootsy before, but they are very angular and mm. sort of weird. That they, I think, one of the things that Fightstar do really well is they know how to add extra bits of bars in. Like yes. they'll have like four, four, two, four, yeah. four, and that they know exactly what to do with that extra two. Yeah, I do love and that. It's, uh, it sort of throws you when you're not ready for it or yeah. you're not used to it, but. Um, yeah, they they definitely they definitely like doing that, and yeah, they've got that distorted wall of sound that Deftones have as well. Mm. Um, I think a lot of this album, when you've got like distorted chords, I don't know. There's something like when we talked about the washy side of Deftones, you can still hear the strokes and you can yeah, still hear absolutely. the tempo to it. Whereas on this album, I don't know if it's the production or or just what they're using, but it sounds like just you know they've got this like distorted sound and they've just gone. And that will go all the way to here. Yeah. <laughs> like you can't hear what's actually happening. It just sounds like this distorted thing that's mm-hmm. going on, uh, which is quite an interesting thing. Maybe, maybe that's helped by the synth because synth is just like this sort of long sound, yeah. and and having a distorted guitar over the top does the same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I think I definitely prefer Charlie's voice to Alex's. I agree, but I think there's definitely a place for Alex's, especially when it's used as that sort of pre-chorus or uh, bridge sort of voice. Yeah. There's a song later on which is just Alex and for me it, it makes the song slightly weaker. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I absolutely he's got an He's got an interesting sound but it's just, uh, I don't know, he, he's got like a, I don't know, his, his voice is more pop rock, almost like Coldplay sort of voice. Yeah. Um, they, I mean, they've both got kind of whiny voices, but <laughs> not in a not in a new metal sort of way. No, no, and not in like quite... a particularly nasal way either. Not in that sort of. No. So yeah, um, I know what you mean. But, but yeah, they I... both got quite like singer songwriting voices. Yeah, I guess. absolutely, they do. Yeah. And then I guess you weren't expecting Charlie to scream during this song. No, like so so quickly. I definitely didn't know that he had a great old scream on him because he really does. It comes out. Uh, There's a song does. I absolutely love later on that we'll talk about. Um, mm-hmm. So a few questions. The first is, yeah. oh, no, the first is more of a statement, which is that um, <laughs> one of the things about the like the length of the album is that it's very much verse, chorus, verse, chorus, maybe a really quick breakdown that's normally like four yeah. bars of just like a da-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum-dum and then back to a chorus and then out. Like it's really yeah. it's really that sort of structure, um, which is, you know, it's not a problem. It's just, it's, it's quite, uh, yeah, you sort of know what you're in for. But I was going to say, yeah, if their first two albums were sort of really post-hardcore and then all of a sudden they had an orchestra and then they suddenly had synth, when you first mm-hmm. listened to them, what was that like? You know, going from album two to album three, oh, there's a choir now. Were you like, boo, or did you get on with it? And then when this came out full of synth, were you like, boo, or? No, because I think it always makes sense with what they're doing because they've got this sort of, I don't know, the, the word progressive is is odd because I don't mean that they sound proggy, but mm. they've got this sort of instrumental progression sort of, side to them like the post-rock sort of stuff where it sounds like they're always adding elements and and just doing these long interlude sort of things yeah. which is interesting because this is like by far their shortest album yeah um generally they're like sort of 45 to 50 minutes um and it just it does allow them to have longer interludes and maybe some instrumental tracks and things and so by doing that i think i was always I mean, the, the opening track to their debut album is like a two-minute instrumental 
which is like wood blocks and guitar, like really lovely little guitars and then like screams that are swelling underneath everything. Right. And it's the weird, like, I mean, it's it's a fantastic little piece of music, but straight from the get-go, they're not like... I, I remember likening to them to Funeral for a Friend off air yeah. when we first picked them. And in hindsight, I'm like, why the fuck did I even say that? <laughs> like, there's, even even though they're both like naughty, mid-noughties, post-hardcore British bands, like yeah. that's sort of where the similarity stops completely. Yeah. Um, okay. These guys, yeah, I think they're just doing something completely different. Um, yeah. So that when they did have those other elements in Be Human, it was like, yeah, that makes sense. And then having synth on this, it's never occurred to me that they've never had synth before because yeah. it just feels like, Something it's just always something that he would would yeah. have done, yeah. Okay, I mean, yeah, okay. That strikes me as quite similar to Biffy, the way Biffy's career, like their first okay. three albums are really raw and really angular and really like bits of screams and, and all this sort of stuff. And then Puzzle Through um, Opposites is like orchestra, like enormous mm-hmm. production, but it doesn't feel like a different band. It just feels like, oh yeah, it yeah. makes sense that now they have fucking strings because like, yeah. why not? Um, yeah. It's the same with Muse as well, isn't it? Yeah, if you look absolutely. At- yeah. Origin of Symmetry versus, I don't know, one of the good ones before they got shit. Um, <laughs> you know, they, they've got bigger, but they, yeah. <laughs> they haven't changed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, they have now, but, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I also agree with you, so don't worry. <laughs> Were there any more questions at this No, at this no, we'll, we'll see if they come up. Okay, fine. What shampoo do you use? <laughs> <laughs> okay, murder all over. Yeah. Get a nice... Uh, so Dan, even Dan's bass in this sounds like it might not even be real bass. It sounds like it might be sort of yeah. synthy mm. programmed bass. Yeah, it's hard to tell sometimes. And they've always got so many elements going on, and like the production on their albums is is always really good. I think I always, I've always thought Omar's drums sound like so well recorded. They really do. They're so for a band that like you know probably don't have the biggest and best and all the the time in the world. No, it's. They, they do a lot with what they do have, I think. So I read a thing that... I wonder if it's in the the, the classic Colin Richardson style. Did you read this thing about mm-hmm. their first album? No. Did, did he fly them to Canada to work with someone else? <laughs> yeah, and it all went wrong. No. He, um, he spent five days tuning the drums for their first record. There we go. So there it's go. probably just a carryover of like, well, it worked. Colin knows, you know, he's a master. So if that's what yeah. it takes, that's what you do. And so it's probably just that. Yeah. Because this, I mean, we didn't actually say it up top, but this album was sort of self-produced along with a guy called Carl Bone, who has also more recently worked with Bullet From a Valentine and, and things, but he's not like a major, major producer. No. Um, but it was, yeah, sort of semi-self-produced, and it was also self-released as well. So I guess oh. they came back and maybe they'd come out of their contract previously and and didn't I mean every album they've released has been on a different label as well so it's oh it's quite an interesting ride for them I think that is strange yeah but yeah how do you feel about this I uh I, this is Alex singing so Alex uh, starts the verse um and then I think they harmonize the you see me recover bit the the pre-chorus yeah um yeah but I, that chorus is amazing I fucking love that yeah that chorus is so big and so good even though the drums are like completely unexpected the idea of going under this light is just never something. And I didn't do it later. I think in the final chorus, he's just playing a straight. Yeah. But it's such a good feel. It's such an interesting like piece of music. I love how the China symbol is his like go-to. It's not like 
the china comes out every yeah. once in a while it's just like no anytime i want a symbol that's the one i mean it is the best symbol so i don't blame him yeah yeah uh but yeah it, i think this song is so quick and it just speeds itself through like alex's part of the verse is like two lines yeah and then suddenly you're into a pre-chorus which is two lines from charlie yeah both of them and then straight into this big riff and mm. then into the poppy chorus and just nothing sort of sits around you know it's not like it's an eight line verse and then into a pre-chorus it's like you're already into the chorus before you even realize it yeah i think that's um, what helps with yeah. like i said the the sort of structural sort of similarities it's it doesn't matter because a verse is 10, 15 seconds long and then maybe a pre-chorus and then a, a nice big chorus you know what i mean it's not like you yeah. have to listen to a, a minute of a verse and it's like oh yeah. let me guess and then another verse like if it's only 10 seconds long it doesn't really matter yeah exactly um and I'm, i think they're generally their choruses they're always huge and singable but the melodies that charlie sings are often they're often slightly strange yeah and like they're not like perfect melodies mm-hmm. and they it's like his choruses aren't like four rounds of a a, a melody that makes sense it, it's often something that sort of tails out and then comes back up yeah, and yeah, yeah. it might not repeat itself which I guess is very Chino in, influenced surely um, is but it's 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 just interesting how, how they can be so sing-alongable even though on paper they're not yeah exactly yeah. yeah yeah he's like right yeah so we've got this long line that spans three and a half lines and then the second line is just me screaming this word yeah. <laughs> and everyone's going to sing along to it um, but yeah I like it. Uh, and then it ends with this like really horrible atonal breakdown riff yeah. right at the end. Which is cool. Which is cool. So Behind the Devil's Back, again, uses their sort of mathy, like off-kilter riff, yeah. which they, they always do this occasionally where it's like they'll just have this riff that's so long, it doesn't repeat. It's just like a, a long thing. And you can never find this, the end of the first bit and the start of the next bit. And yeah. then they'll put that under quite a normally timed bit of vocal. Yeah. And you're like, I have no idea where I am. Yeah. I love yeah. that when it's like, it's technically all in four, but like the riff is maybe like six. So it plays through and then it starts halfway yeah. through the next bar. But yeah. like no one's changed the time signature. It makes sense. But it's just like, yeah. oh, now he's singing on this note because the riff started in a different place. Uh, yeah, and it's so cool. It's such a like a simple way to to be really sort of unsettling, and I love it because it's such a yeah. good riff as well. That like dragged, da da da, dun dun dun, like it's such a good feel. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a big fan. It's the, it's the second song out of the first three that is about getting blood off your hands, though. Mm. So I don't know what's going through. What's his he head. been doing in those past <laughs> yeah. five years? Whoopsie! It's, it's actually Dexter's band. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, how's the chorus going this song? Uh, I can't remember the chorus. I know, I know that the the chorus in this song, like it's quite normal. It's quite like big and and cool. But then it's got mm-hmm. that bit in the middle, I think, where it goes like down, down, digga, digga, down, down, digga, digga, for like oh, half yeah. a bar, and then it just comes back into big chords. It's like what? Yeah, who's it's like they, that? They they can't write a whole section without yeah. just chucking one of these weird riffs in. Yeah, it's a and, bit that, and that's what I mean. It's like they've got you know four lines of four, but between like in the middle, they'll just mm. sandwich this really odd extra few beats just to yeah. get a strange riff in there whether it's sort of technically on paper works or not it's, yeah yeah but it's it's interesting i mean it, it definitely makes things fresh and it's like 
it's not just oh, okay here's another another big chorus pop. of eight bars yeah yeah exactly yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely this has a properly cool. arcane roots post second chorus bit as well where it goes like and it's old time and he's and I I fucking love yes yeah and then something else that's very them is like ending a song with like this sort of same note just like didn't 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 oh okay like that's so that like they just do that all the time yeah and like the the difference between like the hanging chug or like the I don't know, there's something about like how his drums overlap with that that yeah. makes it all like all in time for like the final one where it's like and then it's you know that's that sort of thing that's that's yes. something they would do a lot blackest of birds i really like this song do you so do i particularly the goddamn pre-chorus i think is amazing because yes. it, it starts oh. quite you know it's like a drum beat and sort of bass centric yeah. verse and then that mm-hmm. fucking pre-chorus, like when Charlie's screaming the start of every line, and around yeah. it, it's so that's like a southern groove, like yeah, fucking. It's like quite Alice in Chains actually, and I yeah, it is ah, yeah, I fucking love it. it. It's really interesting because he's got this cool, clean singer-songwriter pop voice, yeah, and he's got this massive scream, but in the middle, like this sort of stuff, he's got this really great, also like gravelly, like mixed version of the two and it's like oh he's yeah he really has got it all he does and that up and down of like him screaming that and then the last line of that pre-chorus is the so high just like the blackest of birds and it all cuts yeah. out and it's just like really quiet and he's like falsetto yeah. harmonies and then kicks into a big it's like how how do you go like that quickly from this to this and back and, and it not sound rubbish yeah it's interesting i like it um i also think he when he says uh, remember when you said it can't rain forever it's like the most he sounds so English when he says that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think anyone else would like pronounce the word "can't" differently to make themselves sound American, and he just like really just like can't. <laughs> ah, Charles, so English. Um, let's just get onto overdrive, shall we? Let's. So this has the exact thing you were just mentioning, which is that it starts really straight, and it's got that lovely like guitar sixes that play straight through all the chord changes and then like then dun, 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 and then there you're on a different chord and he's playing the same thing and then the chord yeah. changes but he's not and it's fucking cool and then it just randomly kicks in double time dun, 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 dun. like <laughs> and he's still it's like what <laughs> who the fuck did this omar can't just sit still for no not seconds. for more than he's eight bars yeah it's uh it's cool it's really really interesting yeah i i really i find this song really interesting because it's it's probably one of the more poppy songs on the album. Mm. I mean, this and More Human Than Human, like the, the two clean songs in the middle before yeah. we get into like a chaotic back half, I would say. Yes. And this song is really interesting because it's it's very synth-led. Maybe this is one that Alex had a lot more yeah. say in writing. I, I don't know. Because I know, I know that this is the first album that they've all had writing credits on. Okay. They've never, that's never been a thing before, but I think because they've all been doing other things, they've come back and they've got more to say maybe mm-hmm. um that said i don't think omar has a side project so when they all go off and do their own things omar's just, just sitting there just tuning his drums yeah <laughs> gotta sound good on the next album but this is a very very poppy song i mean that that chorus is is so like fun and i yeah. don't know like there's something quite nostalgic about it as well yeah it is it's very it's quite pop punk i think and i don't know for me it might just be the you know the drum beat but that sort of that is very like your mid mid noughties but yeah it's cool i really like the verses as well because they're quite 
understated. It sounds like sort of almost a synth drum, like it's just sort of a bass and a snare and very little else is going on. Yeah. But then, but then yeah, but then it bursts out into this huge, huge poppy chorus. And I... It does. It's cool. It's cool. It's got a really, uh, like... I've written a really 80s outro as well. Oh, my, yeah, that 80s synth pop, like, bridge and... Super yeah, harmonies. Where he's, uh, where he's saying... Uh, what is he saying? The, she said, honey, does this road lead anywhere? Yeah. Because anywhere is fine if I'm with yeah. you. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, it feels like he's playing a keytar. Yeah, <laughs> it certainly does, yeah. Wearing, a, um, like, an open jacket with his sleeves rolled up. Yeah. Maybe a, a tie that looks like a keyboard as well. Yeah, and a mullet. And mullet, exactly, <laughs> and some big old aviators. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, that could well be what Gunship are like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> we should look it up. Um, this song's really interesting to me, though, because until I really looked at the lyrics, generally they're quite a... Lyrically, they're quite like a grand and metaphorical yes. band. I mean, yeah. you know, the first four songs... I don't really know what he's talking about at all. Yeah. And then you get onto Overdrive and the second verse is like, it's literally about, I guess, stealing a car and just yeah. like having a joyride. Yeah. And he, like, he's saying like, and the revs drift up through the red lines and the tyres are smoke. We can go anywhere. Like, it's so literal. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, where is this come from? Uh, how do you feel about more human than human? So this is the one that Alex sings. Um, yes, it is. And I, I, like you say, I think it mildly suffers. It's not like that it's an awful song, but it's just, it's, yeah, it's just not got something missing. What about you? You, you feel the same? Yeah, I do agree. Um, he's always got like one that's just him. Right. And they're kind of a nice little interlude because generally they are softer and less riff based. And um, yeah, they've got one called Unfamiliar unfamiliar ceilings i think which is him and then like a female vocal they're doing like a duet okay. and it's like a really interesting like clean soft composition sort of thing but this feels i don't know the songs on this album that they feel more like songs rather than compositions and yeah. then for it to to then not have charlie's voice on it as well it just maybe feels like it lacks something slightly yeah I, I would agree with that. I do really like the uh, the bridge though when it drops down to like the rolling snare and there's loads of really mm. high synth and lots of voices around and stuff. I do really like that yeah. section. It is really nice. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think I would agree that it's it's just not quite as yeah. It doesn't sort of feel like the rest of them and, and not not necessarily in in the best way. Certainly doesn't sound like Animal. That's for sure. Yeah, it does not. You like Animal? <laughs> I love Animal. This was yeah. the first song that was released from this album. Got you. So it was like you know. I'm just sitting there one day, yeah. haven't heard any new fight star in like six years. And then uh, my old housemate was like, they've got a new song. And we're like, oh my God, what is this? <laughs> yeah. Um, it's just, absolute madness. Yeah, just straight into Charlie. I mean, this is, is this the first like actual screamed part rather than just like background screams on the album? Maybe? I know. I mean, so I, I guess, yeah, that like the, he mildly screams those lines in the blackest of birds, but not like this, yeah. not really. This is like, yeah, the first one where it's, and I mean, what, and what he's saying is quite visceral as well. Yeah. So it feels yeah, like it, it fits, you know, like it feels like it should be screamed. Yeah, yeah, that's true. And again, it's just this riff that I have no idea where I am with this riff. I, yeah. I feel like sometimes they just go, oh, we're just going to do one bar of twenty-eight beats. Yeah. And that, that's the thing, <laughs> rather than you know, rather than breaking things down. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it. I really like it. And, uh, you know, it's got that hugely heavy verse, which is 
obviously the opposite of what they would usually do mm-hmm. and what you'd usually expect, especially at this point in the album. And then it just go, and then it still goes into this big singy chorus again from there. Yeah, which, the, the chorus has like suddenly like the synth, like loads of like yeah, like oh, like sure, yeah. why not? Which is also very muse. Yeah. I think that's quite a muse thing to do. Yes, yeah, it's these sort of like frilly bits. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, and then I think I think Alex's backing vocal works really really well on this song because it's like it's sort of like dual leads they're doing like completely different melodies it's a bit like what we were mm. talking about in Killer Be Killed they're doing completely different melodies but over the top and it just creates this really interesting layering yeah rather than it being I do a bit you do a bit or you know or just constant straight harmonies the whole time yeah exactly Titan again I mean this is like the eighth song I, I feel like most of these are starting with some kind of drum intro it's, yeah it's a drum drum or synth or a bit of synth and then some drums or yeah seems to be their thing yeah but like you say his drums are so well recorded and he's such a good player that they are I don't really mind it I could listen to him just sort of no. play, play a beat for a while that would be absolutely be fine with me yeah I, th- I think this song perfectly shows off the range of everything Charlie can do vocally yeah he's got his nice cleans he's got his nice raspy stuff mm-hmm. and then some absolutely screaming hellish stuff as well yeah <laughs> yes but this one also has quite an interesting structure with that like you know, verse, chorus, uh, verse, pre-chorus, chorus, but then it has that stop it, stop it section. Yeah. That never comes back. Yeah. Like just sort of randomly pops in and then goes back to a verse, which is like the, you know, the low key sort of synthy stuff. And it's a completely different riff under that as well. Yeah, yeah. And interestingly, the, the lyrics I was following didn't include any of the scream parts of this song. Right. So it didn't include the stop it section and it didn't include the pre-chorus where he's going absolutely crazy. So I, I couldn't, I couldn't tell really what was going on because I yeah. could only read half of the song, which is which was strange. But um, yeah, I mean that that section, I guess it's like a, I don't know, post chorus pre verse. I don't know what it is. It's like no. a bridge, but early on. But then there's also a bridge later on, which yeah. is more sort of dreamy soundscape. That's uh, think... so new metal. That's I don't know why it just sounds yeah. like a really new metal. That yeah. that actual bridge later with just kind of like space and uh, it's got a really two thousands feel to me. But then you get that yeah goddamn outro riff for the ages <laughs> yeah it's sort of like you get into that dreamy soundscape bit and you're like okay it's going to take us to safety yeah, yeah. thank god <laughs> <laughs> you're like oh no I'm going to hell <laughs> yeah that's um, some nice half muted chugs to, to finish love oh, it love um, it and then that sort of weirdly seeing as the rest of the album hasn't done it but then that song goes straight into sync with the snakes yeah which is a strange thing to do at this point in the album. Yeah. When you haven't done it before. And this is quite an interesting riff that this starts with. It's, it's I don't know, I don't know, it, it doesn't feel like a... No, it doesn't, it doesn't sit with the rest of the album. And it feels, I think it feels more complicated than it is. Like it sounds like it's yeah. going to be... Like it sounds like it could go sort yeah. of any... And it, the drums could sort of come in any at any point of it. And you don't really know yeah. where you're going to go. But I, um, I fucking love this song. Yeah, it's very good, isn't it? It's fucking great. It's so... Because it's not really like anything else on the album either. It's the shortest song and it's, it's just like... the shortest like, song, it's yeah. It's absolutely brutal. Yeah. But it's got that great... It's got like a great chorus and that face down in the river section where it just goes to the... Oh, it's fucking killer. Yeah. I love it. And then him just going... Woo! Yeah. Into the chorus. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And the fact that it ends with that as well is is like perfect. That pre-chorus being the act, the outro. Yeah, I was... 
I was gonna say, has anyone ever ended a song with a pre-chorus? Yeah, before? I know. Because they like they yeah they do the the formula thing, and then it comes back for a double round of a pre-chorus, and you're like, okay, here comes the final chorus. Yeah. Yes, let's do it. Oh, there's no final chorus. <laughs> yeah. It's just the final pre-chorus. <laughs> yeah, which is great. It's so clever. Yeah, it is, and, and I think the um, the verses on this sound so like early Slipknot. They sound like Iowa sort of. Um, brutal yeah era slipknot which is yeah it's it's really great i like it i like it a lot me which really contrasts with the anthemic chorus yeah absolutely it's a perfect mix that maybe shouldn't work but somehow does how do you mm. uh how do you feel about dive the final track oh i love it so much again completely different feel this is omar's favorite song on the album as well is it i mean mm. yeah it's so that there's something about that you know that synth sound that's like woo. Yeah. Like, I fucking oh, love yeah. it. It's like this is yeah. so good and it just plays all the way through it. Yeah. And I, again, he's like talking about like riding on waves of gravity and mm-hmm. being in the clouds. I've got no idea what he's talking <laughs> about, but it sounds cool, doesn't it? It does, yeah. And it works with the music. Yeah. I love it. And then, I don't know, yeah. Then you get like, I don't know, it, it, it's got that side of like the, the washy, synthy side of them. And you're like, okay, yeah. Here we like this is sort of normal now. Yeah. At this point, and then before you realise, you're into this sort of trippy, synthy drum. Yeah. And you're like, okay, what's going on here? And then the real drums come in over yeah. the top, and you're like, okay. And then this huge like single note breakdown riff just comes in for two bars, and then you're just back to the trippy drums, yeah. and then back into the riff, and nothing like escalates or no. vocally comes back. It's just you know round of this round of that round yeah. of this round of that yeah and then yeah oh, I love it I it's love it great. so much and you can really hear that goddamn seven string as well at the end like making it yes. voice don't like fuck that's yeah. a drop beat if ever I've heard one Jesus Christ yeah exactly um, okay how do you feel about this this album I feel uh, great about it actually um, mm. I really didn't know like I said I didn't have any negative preconceptions but I certainly didn't really know what I was in for yeah uh, I wasn't expecting the synth, so if we listen to more of their albums, obviously that won't be there, and I'll have to be sort of prepared for that. But that yeah. side of the album, I do really, really like that the sort of programmed the way the way it works and sort of folds itself in really naturally without ever taking over or you know change. It's not like they became a synth band. One of those sort of shifts where yeah. suddenly it's like only synth with occasional riffs, i.e., Arcane Roots, and you're like, <laughs> boo. Um, I love Charlie's voice. I don't know what the hell he's talking about most of the time, but I really love his voice. He's got a great ear for, you know, like melodic stuff that's not run of the mill and then also screaming his fucking head off. Um, yeah. Omar's an absolute goddamn boy, so always a pleasure. Yeah. And it's just a great little collection of like 10 songs in, in 35 minutes. Like what's not to love start to finish? Yeah. It's it's great. Uh, so yes, Hall of Fame for me. What about you? Yeah, I agree. I think obviously I was slightly biased um, in being a big fan of them already mm-hmm. um, and the fact that you know I, I haven't been able to listen to like new stuff by them for seven years and like for them to come up on this like completely I'd, I'd sort of forgotten I'd put them on the spreadsheet as well so it was like oh great I get to listen to Fight Star yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah I, I, I was biased but I just I just really love their sound I think they could easily just be another mid noughties for sure like British post-hardcore band and there's something about each of their albums really but there's something about this album that just really you can always hear their sound evolving and they're always trying new things it it feels like they're doing what architects are doing in the metal realms it feels like these guys are like 
just constantly trying things and yeah. just adding parts to their sound and, and it doesn't necessarily change who they are but it, it changes what they can do and, and it changes the things that they can bring to music um and yeah i just i love charlie simpson and his voice um mm-hmm. so that's great for me and as, as i said earlier a band that is on paper as being mostly influenced by deftones and like post-rock instrumentals is like yeah they're probably going to be yeah. the right <laughs> band for me um and listening to this album i was like oh yeah ev- everything i write is just literally yeah so like accidentally inspired by this it's yeah, uh nothing wrong with it. <laughs> nothing wrong with yeah it. exactly yeah um so yeah and, and also the fact that it's you know usually you'd have an album and it's got like a couple of really heavy songs where on this one you've sort of got half an album's worth of really heavy stuff as well which is always great it certainly is cool um i didn't really do very well on picking songs this week i thought you might not <laughs> so what did you pick and we'll, we'll go from there I picked Sharp Tongue because I think it's a great opener. Uh, I picked Sync okay. with Snakes, uh, Sync with the Snakes, sorry, because I love that. And then uh, I really can't choose between Murder All Over and uh, Blackest of Birds. So, okay. I, I don't know, what about you? Well, I think between us, we've probably picked the whole album, but um, <laughs> my definite picks were Titan and Dive. Okay. <laughs> and then I put Animal slash Blackest of Birds slash Sharp Tongue slash Sync with the Snakes. <laughs> Okay, so this is going to be easy. Fuck, what do we do? <laughs> um, I don't know. Well, Sync with the Snakes is your favourite song on the album, right? Yeah, I think so. It's either Sync with the Snakes or Sharp Tongue, yeah. Okay, well, we could go... What's your favourite? Probably Dive, because okay. it's so weird. Well, but then, then also really like Animal and all the others. <laughs> um, Whoops. Why don't we do Sharp Tongue, because we love picking an opening track. We do. And then we'll go sync with the snakes and dive. So if you're happy with that, I'm happy with that. Yeah, we get we get a big opener that we both. Well, I sort of picked it, and you definitely picked it. And then we get your favorite and my favorite. And I think and they are sync with the snakes opposites. has got like all the heavy stuff. Dive's got all the weird synthy stuff. Yeah. And Sharp tongue's got the big poppy chorus. So that sounds perfect to me. Great. Okay. Um, Let's should we pick, pick an, album. an album for next week? We should. Thirty-three. Okay. Oh, okay. So it's... I don't think it's too soon. Uh, we have System of a Down and the mm. album Mesmerize. Okay. What's Mesmerize? What it's, am um, I? You're, What's from that one? You'll know BYOB. You, I certainly know BYOB. You might know uh, Question. Do you know Question? That was the other single I think I remember. I don't think I do. No? But, you know, I said I didn't really know anything apart from Chop Suey off Toxicity and turns yeah. out I knew a couple of them, so... So fingers crossed. Um, but yeah, God, we've not yeah. listened to. Oh, interesting, interesting. It's gonna be fun. It, Had a good time it's... listening to them last yes. time. Yes, and it's their shortest album apparently, thirty-six minutes. Wonderful. They probably packed fifteen songs into that time. They probably did, and it's probably got more ideas on it than most of the people's entire discography. So yeah, <laughs> let's see what happens. <laughs> Great. Okay. Uh, well, where can people find us, Kyle? We are on Instagram and Twitter at Chew the Metal. You can email us ChewTheMetal at gmail.com if you want to give us some suggestions for albums, disagree, agree, you know, any of the above. Uh, if you don't mind going on Apple Podcasts, you can rate us and give us a review. That would be lovely. And if you are a regular listener on Spotify, you can now rate uh, people that you listen to on Spotify. So you just go to the feed and, and at the very top underneath our little description, there's a star icon and you can click that and give us a rating. Lovely stuff. Well, that has been... Behind the Devil's Back by Fightstar. We're going to go listen to Mesmerize by System of a Down, and we shall see you then. Thank you. Bye.
Welcome to episode <laughs> eighty six. That's the boy. I mean, that, that all I can find is like Guitar Pro tabs for the songs on this album. No, oh. and I don't have Guitar Pro. No, who does? Who does? I, I thought maybe you would actually. I don't <laughs> <Sorry>. know. <laughs> I will do when I'm a pro. <laughs> I found the ukulele chords for Dive, but <laughs> nothing else. 